The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Uh We're building trust because the birth is fragile. It could be, it's vulnerable, and you'll spend more time with your doula than you will with your doctor or the nurses. And so when you're feeling vulnerable, it's important to feel safe. So that's why I spend all of the time with my clients, right? And so I end up being a very trusted person in the room. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone is hungover from too much turkey, too much gravy, too much cranberry sauce, and too much red wine because if you're like us, family times are hard. (laughs) Family times are hard, Michael. You know what I mean? The hardest. The hardest. Uh, Last year, I could not get buzzed because I was pregnant, but this year, I had some fun. I did a double for us last year, Lauren. I did a double for us this year, too. I think last year, I literally went into your guest bedroom and fell asleep because I was just too overwhelmed and too much turkey. Anyways, this episode is a fire episode. It's especially amazing if you want to know more about a doula. We invited my doula, Andre Lemon, on the podcast. She has one of the most soothing voices, and she is so knowledgeable when it comes to birth. She truly knows everything. She helped me set up my entire birth plan. She brought a cooler into the hospital when I gave birth and took my placenta out of the hospital and cooked it. Or ma- did she cook it? I don't know if she cooked she it. Made in, I don't know what she did. I don't know what you're doing. She made it into pills, and then I put it in your martini. Oh, God. Um, What was that turkey you were eating last night? You never know. Um, Anyway, so this episode goes all over the place. We talk about benefits of eating your placenta. We talk about the importance of having a birth plan. We talk about the energy that should be in the room. We talk about home birth, water birth, hospital birth. We go through all the things. I personally think this episode is for someone who's thinking about having a baby, but also someone who's pregnant, but also maybe wants another baby. It's a really, really informative episode, especially someone like me before I gave birth was not incredibly maternal. And to have her sort of leading the way was amazing. She's smart. She's savvy. She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a doula. She's an herbalist. Let's welcome Andre Lemon to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I have one of my favorite people here who completely helped me through our birth, my birth, Michael. Us. Uh, Our doula. Well, I thought I told her that I wasn't going to tell anyone about her because I just wanted to have a very sacred, personal, private experience. But (laughs) I had to because I think that you can help a lot of people. And we just talked about this earlier, a lot of people that are fearful. So just to give everyone some context and a background of who you are and how you got into this, can you give us a little backstory? Sure. So I am Andre, and I have been practicing as a professional doula for 14 years now. I think I've always been a doula. When I was very young, I wanted to be an OBGYN because I didn't know any better. I thought that that's all that was. And when I started um, school and I was the subject matter, I just kept thinking to myself, but this isn't birth. 
like this isn't birth. And so I said, well, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. So I did a lot of other things. I was a DJ. I was a professional makeup artist in the entertainment industry. And then I just felt like I wasn't doing my spirit's work. And I was discussing that with my therapist. This is after September 11th. And I said, you know, I'm too old now. I wanted to be an OBGYN. I'm 32 years old. It's too late for me to go. She said, Andre, I think you'd make a great doula. I would hire you. And I said, well, what's a doula? And when she told me, she explained to me what a doula was, the gates of heaven just said, ta-da! Like it just made perfect, yeah, it made perfect sense to me. And at the time I was in school for massage therapy and they were hosting a doula training one weekend and I signed up and it's just a perfect fit. Well, you have this, like right when you walked in and I saw you and it's been a while since we've seen you because the pandemic and all this crazy stuff, but like, I immediately felt calmer. You have that energy. And like, I'm a pretty hyper guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon when I'm around you, it's like so, I think some people just have that kind of natural energy to like calm a room or to calm mm-hmm. a space. And you mm-hmm. have that for some reason. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that how much that factors into everything, but I, not everybody has that. Yeah, she definitely uh, calmed you down because you. you were fucking jack in the box during my birth, which we'll get into. What is a doula for people that don't know? How would you describe it? I, a doula is someone that helps support and guide the birth and postpartum process. So there are birth doulas, there are postpartum doulas, and there's even death doulas. And what doulas do is we really help to help to unpack fear in a lot of situations, in a lot of cases, because there seems to be a lot of fear surrounding birth when there doesn't need to be. We also help to, for me, I feel like my goal is really to help my clients have to remind them that what they're having is a human experience and not a medical one. Even if you do need medical interventions, it's still a human experience. And so I like to help my clients get informed, to get to learn how to de-stress, to learn how to breathe, to learn what the protocols are in the hospital. I'm really big on helping my clients to be involved in their health care in a lot of ways, to ask good questions. When you when you have labs drawn, ask Ask about the results. What are these labs saying? And then also to, as a birth doula, I find it's important for me to also help support my clients in the postpartum to give them an idea of what to expect in that process. Because the truth is that the birth is the easy part. The heart. You are telling me. I didn't, I was like, oh, I don't need the, I don't need my doula afterwards. It's just next time I think I would do something different because the postpartum is, was the hardest part for me. Absolutely. There's a lot. And I think that people who get night nannies, it's great. But there's a difference between a night night nanny and a postpartum doula. A a night nurse will come in to help you with the baby. A doula comes in to help you and to help you take care of your, your baby and to help to build your confidence and to normalize the experience. I don't well. think that's talked about enough, the the postpartum. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for that. I mm-hmm. think that that's a really interesting concept of having a doula postpartum too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think it just ends at birth. Mm-mm. You helped me do something that I think if you're pregnant is really beneficial. And that was a birth plan. Yeah, And it, I was able to take, like you said, take control of my own circumstances. Mm-hmm. If someone maybe doesn't have access to a doula Mm -hmm. and they want to make a birth plan, what are some things that you would point out? I think I would suggest that you, first of all, know what's your ideal experience? What are you, what type of experience do you want to have during your birth process? 
But with that in mind, to keep in mind that you go in with an idea of the type of birth you, you want to have, but being open to whatever needs to happen for safe mom and safe baby, right? So I would say talking to people and finding out what are the protocols in the hospitals, because hospitals have protocols and procedures that they like to follow. I think it's important for people to know that the hospital's protocols and procedures are not the law. That's just what they want to do for themselves. And so you are always in charge of your experience. And so finding out what those procedures are, finding out, like having an idea of, do you want an IV? Do you want a saline lock? What what are the protocols after the baby is born? Most people have no idea. They're going to offer them erythromycin, vitamin K, hepatitis B, newborn screening, to know what those are so that you're not making a decision right in that moment without being able to do any research. Right. I was so happy to be able to have that birth plan. And you we handed it to the hospital right when we walked in. Mm-hmm. And that was very beneficial. When I first met you, I don't know if you remember this, because you have a lot of sessions with you. I know that it's different with everyone, but you have mm-hmm. a lot of sessions with you before you give birth. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm having a C-section. <laughs> Didn't even ask you any questions. I just told yes. you I was ha- having a C-section. Can you walk us through how you deal with clients that say that? Giggle not that there's anything wrong with a C-section. There's no, really but, not. No. Because you have to do what feels safe for you. But I felt like, well, we have time to unpack that. Where is this coming from? And do you know what that recovery is like? With the cesarean, that's pretty tough. I didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I just go in once again, like, you know, I've, like I used to tell you, Lauren, like, if you like it, I love it, whatever your decision is. But let's unpack this. Like, where is this coming from? Because that's usually coming from a place of fear, right? So then let's unpack this fear. And I like to remind people that fear is a liar. Like, I, our fear is always exaggerated, an exaggeration of what the truth is. So talking to you about, like, this is how it can look, right? Sharing videos with you and things like that to, once again, to help normalize the experience. And when you deal with someone, what are the different ways that you can give birth? And what do you, what do you sort of talk them through? Like if they say they want to get do vaginal, say they want to do C-section, how mm-hmm. do you talk each one through that process? So for the birth, I like to talk about the physiologic, the physiological process, like what happens with your hormones? What do you feel? Like most people don't know that you'll probably get uncontrollable shakes. Like you're going to feel like there's a bowling ball in your rectum. You feel like just helping to prepare them for that physical experience, but also informing them that there is going to be a very big emotional experience under most situations in the birth process. And the truth is that birth is 80% emotional. The physical part happens on its own, and sometimes that part needs a little support. And so for people who are in, who, and I've had Quite a few people stay in the beginning that they wanted to have a cesarean. By the time, it's because I spend so much time with them. By the time they're giving birth, they've changed their mind because we've unpacked everything. But for the ones who are going in for a cesarean, maybe it's scheduled for health reasons, then I walk them through. This is what happens. We go into the hospital. You'll see this person. This is what they're going to do. Then this is going to happen. And I walk through the steps of the epidural and the procedure. There are hospitals that doulas are allowed in the cesarean. I like to go in with them if it feels right for the families. Oftentimes, because once the baby is born, there are many hospitals that send the dad out the hospital, out the room with the baby, and the mother's left on that table all by herself, which can be very scary. So I like to stay with her and help to ground her and talk to her about what's going on. You had a baby all natural. Mm-hmm. And it was a long birth at home. 
it wasn't that it was 15 hours oh fuck (laughs) come on 15 hours that is so gnarly what was your mindset like so I originally like I was 16 years old when I said I was going to give birth at home and I don't even I had never saw that like I didn't grow up in a community where people were doing that you were just drawn to it I just knew that it made sense Right. I, for some reason, it just made sense to me. And so I actually maybe 10 years before I got pregnant, I was talking to a neurologist. She said, oh, you should never do that. It is so unsafe. I've seen horrible things happen during birth. And I didn't take in consider and she implanted a little fear. So then I said, OK, well, I'll do it at a birth center instead because I felt like it was a happy medium. But what I didn't take in consideration is that this neurologist who had seen many home births was doing births on Native American land. So where there's poverty and drugs and alcohol. So, yes, there are going to be a lot of probably traumatic birth experiences. And so I ended up doing it at a birth center because I was more afraid of an epidural then I'm like, oh, the the risk is that I can be paralyzed. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to forego that if I can. And so I decided to have it at a birth center, and it was amazing. It was I told you it was featured on TLC's Baby Story. That no, you have to tell us that. I <laughs> yes. don't think you told me that. Yeah, it was aired on TLC's Baby Story, and the reason that I wanted to do that show is because I had been wa- I had been fascinated by birth forever. So I've been watching birth films since I was like. 10 years old. And what do you think the reason is for that? Like, how are you, is it like, it's just interesting to me to how people get interested in things. Jingle balls, jingle balls, Manscaped all the way. Taylor, do you know about Manscaped? You need it so bad. I know about it now, but I wish I knew about it for the last couple of years prior when I've been shaving my balls and all but basically putting them through hell with a razor. So does every other girl you dated. So Christmas came early this year because I just got gifted the new performance package by Manscaped and I gave it to Michael and I love it. And let me tell you something. They have a ball toner. Taylor, you really, really need to get on this ball toner. I'm telling you about it. It's all about grooming below the waist. Taylor, this is it for 2020, for 2021. You got to groom below the waist. You can't just let it go, okay? I feel like you're one of those people that did let it go in the past. But now since I got you the tools, we're going to clean it up, okay? I'm a huge advocate about ball shaving because I actually shave my balls more than I cut my hair. I haven't turned my actual hair in years, but I train my balls all the time. I don't need your whole life story. Okay, so included in this new package, they have the Weed Whacker. This is the ear and nose and hair trimmer. Taylor's definitely using this too. It's waterproof. Michael's using it. They're both using it. Let me tell you, every single guy needs this. I'm telling you, 79% of partners admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Taylor, it's time to trim up your nose hair. I am telling you, you need this. They got all the things for grooming too. They also have a crop preserver. This is going to help reduce sweat, smell, and stickiness. Taylor, are you taking notes? And did I mention that you get a sexy new pair of boxers to keep his junk smelling fresh all day? This is a dream come true. Stuff your husband, boyfriend, friends, stocking with this. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code skinny at manscaped.com. This is the perfect holiday gift for a man. Trust me, everyone wins here. You win, they win, Taylor wins. I mean, Taylor, this should be the number one thing on your wish list. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Okay. Like I said, 20% off and free shipping with code skinny at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code skinny. Your jingle balls will thank you. I'm literally using the code right now. Thank God. I think that it was my spirit's work because 
I think it was divinely introduced to me, quite honestly. I There were 15 people at my birth, which you can't do at a hospital. And so like my friends were feeding me watermelon and ice cream and praying over me and braiding my hair. And it was just a magical experience. Now, it didn't feel magical in parts of the labor. I mean, literally, I told you I was like, this is some bullshit. This is some bullshit, <laughs> remember? But then... 15 minutes later, when my daughter was in my arms, I said, oh, my God, that was so beautiful. I could do it once a month. <laughs> that's like, like what she said. That's, she, a, that's what I said. after. No, during, I was like, why didn't I get a C-section? And then afterwards, I was like, oh, let's do it again. <laughs> yes. It's fun. I, like, I actually look forward to doing it again. Yeah, it's pretty magical. It's so magical. It's, I mean, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. I instantly started crying. Like, no, you did. didn't see it, though. Remember? Remember I kept making him, I'm yeah, like, get I saw, the fuck I, I saw, out of my I, vagina. I, I saw some, I was like on the back, but like when the, as soon as like you see the baby, and all, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you can't explain the situation yes. until you've seen it. And that's usually when it happens for the partners, like, because the, the birthing person is having the physiological, emotional, there's the connection, you feel the baby moving. And for the partner, it's often an abstract thought. You're like, oh, yeah, she's pregnant and we're going to have a baby. And you always see at the birth when the baby comes out, the dads always get well, let me talk about the dads for a second. I think like talking about doulas, when you go through this the first time, you don't really know. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know. I didn't even know what a doula was until I met you and <laughs> Lauren and I started talking about it. But I will say like, you know, I've spent a lot of money on stupid things in my life. And this some of the smartest money I've ever spent is on a doula. And I think a lot of dads <laughs> and couples get together and say, okay, this is an investment. Yeah. There's a cost to this. But to me, it's it's worth every penny tenfold because yes. the peace of mind you get, the coaching, and we could talk all about it. Like the the how you put the partner at ease how you put the mom at ease like mm-hmm. we you almost have somebody like the doctors in the in the hospitals and the nurse they don't do what you do and I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it other than just saying because they're that taking way. care of the medical situation yeah I'm helping with the emotional and the physical also you set the energy of the room and maybe you can walk through someone that has never worked with a doula the whole process starting from the beginning when we were doing our our stuff before like say mm-hmm. okay this we do this we do this and then we get there and then you completely you dim the lights you had our candles there that are still in Zaza's room the, the fake candles mm-hmm. like all the little things that you had and then you also calm the mom so maybe you can begin start to finish on what the experience with the doula looks like sure so I actually do multiple appointments with my clients most doulas do two to three appointments and then they show up for the birth I was a student midwife for many years in Los Angeles in the Philippines and I really learned that you really do the work before the birth and so I tend to I follow much more of the midwifery calendar. So I see my clients once a month until they're 36 weeks. And at 36 weeks, we meet once a week until the labor. And those appointments are in your home. They last about an hour. And we are, I'm helping to prepare you for the pregnancy, the birth, and the postpartum. So we will talk about the different stages of labors, which you could feel. We talk about nutrition and exercise. Like you said, I help you with the birth plan. We discuss like who should be coming over, when should they come, how long should they stay. I sometimes help my clients with their baby registry because they're like, oh, you're having a baby, you'll spend your money on anything. And so working through that, like this is necessary, you don't necessarily need that. And I, But I think that what we're doing most importantly, during that time that we're spending together is building trust and getting to know one another because the birth process is very vulnerable and could be, oh my God, look at Zaza. She's <laughs> Zaza's on my phone. You need to come meet her. Oh, I was like, what? I, I, I was, those eyes are insane. Listen, that's insane. A, Lauren take, has to take credit for those. I can barely see out insane. of my <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're building trust yep. because the birth is fragile. It could be it's vulnerable and you'll spend more time with your doula than you will with your doctor or the nurses. And so when you're feeling vulnerable, it's important to feel safe. So that's why I spend all of the time with my clients. Right. And so I end up being a very trusted person in the room. Right. Yeah. I, and it's weird when you, after you go, like, I feel very close to you. Yes. Right. Like that's, a, and it's strange because we've obviously known each other a little while now, but in a short period of time and in brief interactions, but when you go through something like that with someone yes. like feel bonded in a way. It's very intimate. Yeah. It's an intimate experience. You, well, it can be like, it's not for everyone. Right. But it's an intimate experience that you can have with someone like people also like people have doctors sometimes that are in rotation with other doctors and you're scheduling all of your appointments with one doctor and you don't know who's going to show up with your birth at your birth. Right. And so how safe do women feel when that happened, where you have your doula, who's probably the constant in that process, it can help you to feel safer and feeling safe really allows the labor to progress more efficiently than it would otherwise. So what are some miracles that you've seen? I'm sure you've seen a lot of miracles, but like, what are some ones that really stand out? Well, I would say that birth is a miracle. And it's I, I had a colleague who she said, her family was complaining to her because she never makes it to church anymore because you're always on call, like you're canceling dinners and concerts and things like that. And she said, my family, they're angry with me because I never go to church. I said, listen, you go to church every time you go to a birth. You let them know that you are okay with God. God is okay with you. That's so true, though. Yes. You can't be mad at someone that they have to go to a birth. birth. I mean, it's so magical. Like, that's a miracle. But I've seen people overcome their fears, right? I've I've watched families bond more closely. That oftentimes the partners are in awe of their partners, like after witnessing them go 100%. through. 100%. It's like, actually, that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen you do. You're like, almost can't believe it. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's wild. I mean, it's, it's such a, like nature it's yes it's not like a i mean i guess it's very normal it is nature but it's just yeah. it's something it's surreal until you see it let's talk humidifiers i love me a humidifier but you know what i love even more a humidifier that looks cute on my bedside i had this problem for so long i got the lumbering one i talked about it on the skinny confidential because it had so many benefits that i could not not talk about it But then I discovered that there was another way. There was a chic humidifier that I would want to put on my bedside that actually didn't make a lot of sound and put a lot of mist out. Introducing Canopy. So this is this new brand. It's so good, you guys. It's a humidifier that's disrupting the space. It's going to elevate your home while also giving you the most amazing skincare benefits and wellness benefits. There are skincare experts and dermatologists that have long talked about the benefits of increased indoor humidity. So Canopy Canopy's features and designs make it the cleanest and easiest humidifier that there is on the market. You're not going to see any mist, like I said, coming out of Canopy. What they found is when it mists, it's actually really unhealthy because the particles and bacteria are being carried by the water into the air, which you don't want. They also, like I said, have a very cute design. They have like a seafoam green, a baby blue, a pink, and a white. I personally got a white for my house, and then I got a pink for the office, which I haven't used yet because we're not in the office 
but I use the white one all the time. You got to check it out. I'm telling you, it alleviates coughs. It's good for the air. It alleviates sinus irritation, and it's good for the skin. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy purchase today when you opt in to a replacement filter subscription. So you'll get a replacement filter every six weeks, right when it's time for a new one, for 33% off the individual price. Plus, you'll receive a free aroma kit to be used with Canopy's built-in aroma diffuser. It's so good. It smells good too, you guys. And that's a $40 value. Even better, there's a special offer for all Skinny Confidential him and her listeners. Just use code SKINNY10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Go to canopy.co today and use code SKINNY10 for an extra 10% off at checkout. I'm telling you, your skin will thank you. I want to call Michael out on the podcast and talk about how when I started my water broke uh-huh. started going into labor i called you and michael we had already discussed <laughs> that when my water broke and i was going to go into labor that i was going to labor at home for as long as possible right. everyone discussed it it was a whole known thing the second my water broke he looks at me and he says well, what do i do well i had i think i called you like four or five 45 times. times yeah 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 she was like are you i'll be better the second time around i promise <laughs> yeah. but listen i mean so it would have been worse if i didn't call you no, it was fine, but you annoyed her, probably. No, no. he did not. And then I took no. you through the emergency um, exit. Then this uh, motherfucker took me through the fucking emergency entrance where people were shot and there was blood everywhere. Someone was puking everywhere. I accidentally took a that wrong turn. That was not the way I wanted to. Andre no. wouldn't have taken me that way. No. no. But anyways, I want to talk about laboring at home. Uh-huh. And because you're big, you're you're big on that. Yeah, if it's right for you. It's not right for everyone, right? So I think that would have made a difference in your experience if Michael had said, hey, can you come now? Because you were okay, but you weren't. And so I'm not just there for the birthing person. I'm there for the partner as well. And so if you need me to come to help you, Jill, then it's time for me to come. And so I would also like to preface I could have just given him a blowjob while my water was breaking. (gasps) I could have multitasked. I that would have been fine. I, I really could have done that. Listen, I pride myself on I being able to- I got a fucking blowout and my nails done. I could have given you a blowjob. That would have relaxed I, I, I do pride myself on being able to perform, but I don't know if I could have, if I could have gotten Yeah, it probably would have been limp. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. go on. <laughs> Let's not beat you me up too crazy. hard on this one. I would like to say also to everyone, the water breaking is not an emergency. It's not a big sign. It's just another part of the labor. That's all. Right. So what would you say if it, I know you can't give blanket advice, but if it's right for you to labor at home, mm-hmm. what are some tips and tricks for not making your partner? And, and why do they crazy? freak? Why do let's say and maybe like, I'm not a medical expert. Why do mm-hmm. doctors and nurses freak out so much if the water breaks at home and you don't get in right away? Well, I, one, I don't think that they're freaking out. So one of the risks of water's breaking is one is can increase the risk of infection for the baby. Right. So if your water breaks, don't put anything in your vagina. Right. Also, you, it can increase the risk of a cord prolapse, which means that the umbilical cord comes down before the baby. Now, that's not likely, but it is it could be a risk. Right. I think it's, there's an increased risk with twins because there could be space in between. And then also in the, in the hospital, they do a lot of preventative care. A lot of what they do is just in case. And I think that it's also because for the, the people working in the hospital, we have to remember that they see the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You are low risk. Many of the clients that I'm working with are low risk. But I think 
They've that seen care- the worst stuff. Yes, I think that they could benefit in the hospital settings of doing some healing or processing after they have these traumatic birth experiences. But because they don't, they just often keep going. Then they're bringing those experiences into the future birth, right? What is it like with COVID now? Explain like how that's going with with your clients. Well, it is in the beginning, it was pretty tough because we weren't allowed to go into the births with the clients. And so and then there was also in the case of my clients and it could be different for other people. There were more inductions. They were pushing people to do inductions. I had more babies going into the NICU. They were just on high alert. People were being threatened of not doing inductions, of maybe running the risk of their partners not being able to join them because they were the, everything was changing day by day, whether or not your partner can come in or if they can't. They were sending the partners home immediately after the birth, and the mother would be on the postpartum side in the room by herself, which just doesn't make That's just so unfair. And so I had planned for all of my clients for once again, okay, well, we'll just labor at home together and then we'll travel to the hospital together and then we can FaceTime during the birth. But everyone very easily got tipped into the inductions where most of my clients, it always comes up with most clients. I prepare you, right? I was like, no, they're probably going to try to push you towards an induction. But when they started introducing the fear of, well, then we could change the policy and your partner can't come in by the time you go into labor. So everyone was agreeing to do the inductions. It's manipulative. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's manipulative. Yeah. When you say induction, do you mean Pitocin? So induction, that's one way of doing induction. Sometimes they use Cervidil, Cytotec, but it often, it's Pitocin is used during the induction, which completely changes the labor experience. But I but also I like to also say that sometimes Pitocin is your friend. Sometimes you need it. I just have I take issues with people receiving unnecessary interventions. What I like about your approach is nothing's off the table. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you you may not be a, a huge fan of certain things, but you don't remove it off the table. Like if it's necessary, it's necessary. So yeah. it's made me feel comfortable because Lauren and you had her birth plan and you stick to it, but you're also like, hey, if we need to adjust based on the circumstances, yes. we can. Yes. I like to say be like bamboo. Right, <laughs> sway. Like in California, we have earthquakes. So the buildings are designed to sway with the earthquakes. If you have one that's not swaying, it's going to crumble. So be I, like bamboo. That's a good one for you to remember, I think. I think about that every time. Yeah, that's a good one. Quick break to tell you about blue light. Blue light damages the eyes. We've talked about this many times before. And since we're constantly staring at our phone, especially in quarantine, there's a lot of symptoms of digital eye strain, like blurred vision, headaches, and dry, watery eyes. I know Michael has experienced a lot of migraines and headaches because he's always on Zoom and his phone. So enter Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks was created to fix all these problems that I'm talking about and block out the blue light. To me, this is very important because I'm very detailed with the way I wind down. If I'm watching Housewives or looking at a screen or answering emails, I want to protect my eyes. So just to give you a little bit of background, the founders were really unhappy with the quality and lack of science behind a lot of blue blocking glasses. So you see them all over Instagram. There's lots of ads, but there's not ones that are actually backed by research. And these are. So these were created to change the whole entire landscape. And how they did that was they started with a high quality lens. And you can use these during the day, during the night. Here's the other thing that you guys are going to love. I turned a pair of my sunglasses 
into custom blue blockers. So I found these sunglasses that fit my face really well, and they just took my glasses and fitted the lens and switched them out. And so now I have these glasses that fit really well, but I know my eyes are being protected. If I was to pick a style and the style that I do have on their website, I go with the Chesters every time. They're nostalgic. They're thin. They're gold. They're very chic. Anyways, if you're on your phone a lot or computer or you're watching TV, you got to check these out. Get your energy back, sleep better, and block out the unhealthy effects of blue light with Blue Blocks. Go to Blue Blocks today and get free shipping worldwide with 15% off. Just use code SKINNY. That's Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use code SKINNY for 15% off. Check out the Chesters, I'm telling you. Let's talk about massaging perennials. <laughs> is that how you say it? No, perineum. Perineum. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, do you know how it is to massage your perineum? Does Taylor have a perineum? No. Oh, okay. Taylor, does Michael doesn't have one either. No. no okay. I would hope not. So, <laughs> so if you're going to have a vaginal birth, mm-hmm. how important is it for your doctor to do that massage? Because my doctor did it on me, and I feel like it made it's a big not, difference. It's not important. It doesn't have to happen. I mean, I've done births with midwives where we never did a one badge exam even to you know the woman's just starts pushing right it's not necessary it i think from my own experience when i was a student midwife there's a part of me that wanted to do it because i can see what's happening but then also but then that person who's given birth don't have to do things because that's what i would like to do right so some people um are okay with it like it helps you and there are some people who may be triggered by that right because you have Unfortunately, there's a high rate of abuse, sexual abuse for women, and the birth process can trigger that. And so, once again, if you like it, I love it, but it's not necessary. How important is it to set the tone of the room? Very. How do you do that? If someone doesn't have a doula or have Mm -hmm. access, how can you do that? I think of, like, we're mammals, we're animals, and so when you look into the wild, like, I I would often tell people, if you don't want to see a human birth, watch Zebras give birth, watch elephants, and you'll notice like they're alone, like dogs will go into a closet or into a quiet space. And so I like to set the tone by, I suggest that my clients either use a salt rock lamp or the LED battery operated candles because you can't light candles in the hospital. And for people who are having home birth, you can light candles. I think that it really helps to set the tone. It allows the staff to know the type of birth experience that you want to have. They're a little bit more respectful of that space, I think, because otherwise like they'll come in at three o'clock in the morning, flick on the lights, turn them up bright. And so when you when you turn those lights down like that, they tend to walk in a little bit more quietly. They really turn the lights on, don't they? They yeah. just walk in and just pop them on. Flip them on. Yeah. yeah, there's like no, it's it's almost very cortisol inducing, which yes. can't be good for the baby. No, because you can only release one hormone at a time, right? And then they do it in the postpartum. It's like, let these women, people need to sleep. They kept coming in when I was postpartum being like, it's time for you to get a shot. And I was like, I am not getting any kind of shot mm-hmm. after just pushing a baby out. I'm mm-hmm. not getting pricked with a needle. I have just mm-hmm. carried something in my stomach for 10 months. You're not giving me a shot. Mm-hmm. And they kept pushing it mm-hmm. on me. And then they're like, social security number, hearing test, birth certificate. Do you want to take these expensive Sears pictures? You know, it's like. And then they like shame you if you don't breastfeed the second. Like the, it's, remember that someone was saying that, that they wouldn't even give us water? Yeah, we had, what do we have? We had a little bit of formula there, but also. you Just in case. Just in case. Formula. 
And they're like, we can't have water. And luckily, our pediatrician was there at the time when they said that. And he's like, get him the water. Please. Um, Why did they say you couldn't have water? They said we couldn't I, have water. They, they didn't have warm they water. They wanted the breastfeed thing, which she, which she uh, did. But like, to your point, hospitals have their protocols and they work the way they do. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I think working with someone like you is beneficial because you don't want to get necessarily... The hospital we were at was great, so I don't yeah. want to put it down. But you don't necessarily want to get caught up in their plan. You want to be in your plan and Absolutely. then take their consultation with yours. Yes. Speaking of that, talking about doulas, and just like any other space, there's obviously people like yourself that are amazing, but how do you, there's other people who may not be. How do you find a good doula and what are things that people should look for when they're vetting a doula if they're going to work with one? So I always suggest that people talk to more than one doula, interview more than one doula. A lot of times people say, nope, that's this is it. I don't need to talk to anyone else. Yeah, like Lauren. Yes. But I often suggest that. And you want to see, you can often tell over the phone when you're talking to someone, does this person resonate with me? How do I feel when they're talking to me? Do they have their own agenda? So then after you talk to different doulas on the telephone, then maybe schedule an in-person meeting. And once again, how do I feel with this person? Does this person feel safe? Or does this person remind me of my partner's ex-lover? <laughs> like you, you never know. Right? It could be anything. You have to Absolutely. tap into it. Absolutely. And so, and I always say birth, it's like, one, remember Lauren's like, the thinking brain isn't your friend in this process. Like get into your heart, like trust your intuition. And we know when someone's not a good fit. Totally. And also, like you said, like for me, like the voice needed to be, I know that sounds crazy, but the person's Mm going to be walking you through it. You have Mm -hmm. a very calming energy, calming voice. Mm -hmm. What are some wellness practices that moms can do after they have the baby? Like little ones. It could be Mm -hmm. just saying like adding lemon to your water. Like what are little things that moms can do that are new moms? I think it's really important to have nutritious meals, right? Soft foods, right? Because your organs are trying to find their way back down. You're not, you don't really... I mean, after you give birth, you're pretty ravenous, right? But then after that, things tend to slow down. So a lot of protein, like congee is great, lentil soup, soft foods, a lot of fluids, especially if you're breastfeeding, to drink probably about half of your body weight in fluid ounces, rest and good support, which you can plan during the prenatal, during the pregnancy, like what type of support are we going to have? Not only what type of support does the birthing person need, but what type of support does the partner leave? Because the partner plays an important role. And it's important that they're also, I think for oftentimes for men, and of course we have partners that are the same sex or don't necessarily identify with the gender, but I think they tend to be forgotten. And I like to even remind my, the birthing persons that he is also having an experience. It's very different. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> See, that's, that's you're why, there. That's why I love you so much, Andre, because you never forgot about me. Yes. Yeah, you were like, he was like, D- did you even eat the whole time I was in labor? I don't, I don't remember. It was all. It was. It happened faster. Me. <laughs> he was like uh, staring at me. I would go to sleep and wake up, and he was like, <laughs> but I just remember. You know what I remember from your birth experience? Was you kept telling him, "Don't." Look. No, because he kept coming by my vagina, and I'm well, like, would you get out of there? Here. Like he kept walking by in, in his peripheral. <laughs> Well, but you listen, were so respectful. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted, to, I mean, I know a lot of, I think that that's a mistake that the partner makes. Like whoever's giving birth, right? Yes. It should be their wishes. And I didn't want to be doing things that were stressing her out or making her uncomfortable. Yeah. So like if she wanted me behind the sheet and around and that's going to make her experience better, then, then so be it, right? Would not, you have watched it if I was like, I really want you to watch it? I would have done, yeah, I would have done anything that you asked me to do. Yeah. And you can, you can even ask, like, I have a lot of partners that help catch the baby. Even in hospitals, like that's an option. 
I was talking about it with a recent client and she's like, well, I don't want him to see. I was like, okay, well, you won't be helping to catch the baby because <laughs> right? it's about what's going to make that birthing person feel safe. Is it hard to catch the baby yourself? I want to catch the baby myself no. next time. I mean, no, you just I have to, to guide catch them out. around and reached over and flip back. So it wasn't an option. Well, when the, in the hospital, when a partner helps to catch the baby, the doctor's right there. They help to birth the head. And as the body is coming out, then they'll have you put their hands on top of theirs. Right. So you're, the baby is safe. In home births, we actually have fathers. Actually, the midwife's hands aren't there. So they're they're helping to catch the baby. But yeah, when you're doing it yourself, you're really just helping to guide the baby out because it all really does happen on its own. I know it really does. You yeah. can feel it happen on yes. its own. Then um, that head comes out the then, first time and I'm like, what, no, what's going on? No, the worst is you have the baby and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm done. And you're not. And then they start stitching you up and you're like, that hurts. And then they come in, they're like, okay, we're going to press on your stomach mm -hmm. after you just delivered a human. Why do they do that again? They're doing that to one to stimulate the uterus to make sure that it is rock hard because when once you give birth, your placenta needs to detach. So you're and also your contractions don't end as soon as you give birth, right? You're having contractions afterwards and you have the contractions. Worst. That was really bad for me. I forgot about that. What are those mm -hmm. called again? Contractions. <laughs> yeah, but they're called like are they post-labor contractions? I mean, I guess you could call them them, but what's going on is involution. So your body is contracting because it's helping to one, keep the blood vessels sealed so that the mother isn't hemorrhaging, right? And so it also helps its involution. So it, the contractions are helping your uterus to shrink back to its normal size and the tuck itself back into the, the um, pelvis area. Do you see all the shit we do for you? You guys lay around, you fart, you do your hair, and you just ejaculate, and that's about fucking it. That's Listen, all you're good for. I've... If this was up to us, we wouldn't be here as a as a species right now. We'd be we'd be long gone. <laughs> I need to discuss my placenta. Okay. Okay. So you and I worked together where you were I was giving you my placenta in mm -hmm. a cooler and you were taking it home mm -hmm. and I want to know Which is wild to think about that. You just like you like ride off into the night with the with, yeah, the placenta. with my placenta. Can you tell us like in depth that whole process and then what the benefits are? Because I'm still taking my pills and I'm gonna save a couple for Zaza. Good. I'd like to start with the only mammals that don't eat their placenta were, are three, whales, dolphins, and humans. All other mammals eat their placentas for various reasons. One, for the nutrition, the, the placenta is high in iron, B12, B6, the stress-reducing hormones. Um, and I think in the wild, they also eat their placentas so that other animal predators don't know that a birth just happened, right? And so I treat it as a sacred organ. Because it is. It's the only organ that we grow and then get rid of in that. I mean, and then we we birth. And so what I do is I remove the membranes. Once I cut the cord off, I try to get most of the blood out of it. I keep a peaceful space in my kitchen. Very respectful. I sterilize my workspace, obviously, in my work utensils. Um, when I cut the cord, I drain the blood as much as possible. And then I slice it. And <laughs> And then I dehydrate it and then I grind it into a powder form. And then after that, I put into vegetable capsules. Well, that is a process. Can you blend your placenta too? Is there yes. other, okay, can you tell us the other you could, could Some people eat their placentas. Some people will um, make smoothies with their placentas. I've made them in home births immediately after the, the birth and the mothers are drinking. And honest to God, everyone have said, this is delicious because you can't taste it. Right. Because there there's berries and yogurt and juice and things like that. Some people one asked me she wanted to cook something with her placenta. You could also maybe you don't want to consume your placenta. And some people will actually bury it in their yard and possibly plant a tree over it. Because once again, it's a, like it's known as the tree of life. 
right? That is what kept your baby alive. Maybe I should make a placenta margarita with my next baby. Go ahead, Lord, you are not. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good, though. Like, line the rim with blood. You are so special. You know I would do it. She's she's special, all right. I would do it. So, but you said something so interesting to me when you brought the pills over. You said, Mm -hmm. take the pills and then freeze some yes not refer- freeze some for zaza yeah so i so what you could do is you can so there's instructions on how to take them you could take them daily and the the amount of pills that you get is based on the size of the baby the placenta is about one third the weight of the baby so there's usually if someone gives birth at 34 weeks they're probably going to get 75 pills right you have a seven to eight pound baby there's probably going to be between 125 and 155 i can also tell by the placenta how that mother's like her circulation and eating as well you could how was my placenta? Let's talk about it. Healthy. It was healthy. It's perfect. It's as beautiful as you are. It was a throbbing placenta. <laughs> yes. You. This is something off topic from what we're talking about, but I've wanted to be, ask you this for a long time. You make this thing called fire cider. Oh, you've seen that? Yes. yes. I'm obsessed. If you, you guys have to go on her Instagram. We'll leave the link after this. But And you make this, this amazing concoction that mm-hmm. I think with everything going on with COVID and everything, it's such a good immune support. Can yeah. you tell us how to make it at home? Sure. It's it's known as a master tonic. Actually, I'm going to bring you some. I have two big jars at home. And so what you do, you, you're going to use garlic. Well, this is what I use. Garlic, horseradish, rosemary or thyme, ginger. What else did I use in there? Lemon. Lemon. Did you or use oranges. apple cider vinegar? Yes, apple cider vinegar. And you could add Onion. onions. Onions, yes. So a lot of antiviral immunity boosting roots and herbs. And so then what you do is you chop that up really good and you put it into a jar and then you fill it to the top with apple cider vinegar. And then that sits for about four or six weeks. You shake it up regularly during that process and it's fermented. And then what I do is then after I strain the roots i take the liquid and i add honey to it which is also an antiviral that is amazing it's pretty you could use it as a salad dressing like if you do an oil and vinegar my family like i send it to my mom and my my stepdad all the time that is you need to bottle that and call i it, do but I'm you, actually, you need to sell it i am actually i'm working because you know i just finished herbalism school so i've been working on tea blends i'm doing second third trimester fourth trimester tea blends that i'm working on and uh, my therapist because he has to help me with this he says you know andre do you like doing i was like no this is hard like trying to figure out my packaging and my label sizes and designers it's a lot of work but i feel like i always feel that the universe gives us everything that we need to heal ourselves you are right right if you could recommend a couple herbs to our audience that are good for pregnant women and after postpartum, what would they be? I would say stinging nettles. Stinging nettles infusions are great. Um, Stinging nettles, I I refer to it as the beast of the herbs. It's high in protein, iron, potassium, magnesium. It's a nerve vine. It helps to settle the nervous system. It's an aptogen, so it goes to the places where your body needs it. Red raspberry tea leaf is great. It's a uterine tonic, so it helps to support the uterus. Red clover is great, but red clover is contraindicated if you're taking blood thinners. Dandelion root is great. That's also cleans the liver. I mean, there's so many. You had me taking all those things, too, while I was pregnant. And I think mm-hmm. they, I really like the nettles. You, it's great, right? Yeah, it was really good. If you could leave our audience with a book, a podcast, a resource when it comes to birth, and there's one that you told me, which I think you're going to say, what would it be? Was it Anime Gaskin's Guide to Birth? Yeah. 
I, I like there's so many options out there. There's Nurture by Erica Chidi. I really like the anime Gaskin's Guide to Birth because I love the stories in the back of the book because I think that they really, once again, help to normalize the experience, right? They talk about fear, intense pressure, pain, loss, how the relationship between the birthing person and her partner, how that can impact the labor, the birth, and the postpartum fear. So pretty outdated. I think it was written in the 70s, but birth has been the same since the beginning of time outside of, you know, medical interventions that have been created to help support it. But I think that it really helps to normalize the birth experience. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved my experience with you. I would give you a 10 in every area. If you guys are looking for a doula, she's amazing. How can people Uh, find you? Pimp yourself out for Instagram, your (laughs) website, everything. So funny enough, like my website has been under construction for the past 14 years because I'm an audio girl in a digital world. (laughs) And so, but that's coming. That's we're finishing up that this week. So my Instagram web um, page is Miss Lemon and Honey. You'll find there's not a lot of birth work on my Instagram because I'm not a birth junkie. Like, I'm just a woman that's, like, supporting births. What else did you ask me? You're, you, you shared your Instagram handle, and I think, can they just DM you if they want to book yes, you? Yes, they can DM me as well. And I want to say thank you. I could cry, Lauren. Thank you so much for, I know you wanted to keep it secret, but every time you've mentioned me, I get so many hits on Instagram, and I'm always wondering, what happened? Because I'm like a secret doula where people send out a bat signal and I show up, right? Well, I found you so randomly. I happened to watch... Shay Mitchell's YouTube, which I never have watched any br- really birth. And I thought, oh, I'm about to give birth. I might as well watch this. Mm-hmm. And in it, I saw you and I could hear your voice. And mm-hmm. that's what that's the voice that was for me. And then I called you and you said, oh, should I? You need to interview other doulas. And I was like, no, the voice. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I got mine. But remember how you and what's is interesting is you said you were watching and there's a point where Shay is texting me and it says Andre Dula. So you started like trying to Google me. Listen, yeah. she went deep dive. I, no, I can't, I can't ever be. I, I heard your voice. And then I was like, I have to find who that was. And it was very easy to find you because I Googled Andre Dula and it just showed I up. I can't do way. shit. If I do anything, she'll find out. Like she, the fact that she d- deep dove, saw yeah. screen. That's back, women. Yeah. 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 But the voice that. is what got it for me. And then you showed up to my house and it was just great energy and great vibes. And I can't recommend you enough. I just wanted to say, I have four people. I just had my first appointment with another client that I booked who have been basically because you speak so highly of me on your site and they're like who is this doula who is this doula so whenever you drop my handle like I get bombarded and so I have four people on my books right now so well deserved and let me tell you they love you they and I always say she is exactly who she presents herself as that's to the so world. Nice. That's yeah. nice. I, you know what I love? I was like, because you see your pictures, you're all glammed out. But I say, <laughs> but I show up and she always looks like Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a homeless troll. You yeah. saw me when I was fucking carrying around this huge stomach, like, oh. Like, I was such a, such a nerd in high school. I a, my dad probably was like, what the hell is he doing? I had a giant mm. poster of Tupac next to my bed. <laughs> I, I never thought yeah, Lauren. Looked like, I never thought Lauren looked like Tupac, but but, but I'm gonna think about that now. Every time she's in in, the, in like dressed up, and, yes, yeah. very different. Yeah. I'm so glad I shared my experience with you because it really was so beautiful, and I can't wait to have another one and you be my doula. Come back anytime on the podcast. Thank you. We adore I'm so you. honored for every family that I work with. I'm so honored. It's really an honor to be invited into yeah. that sacred space. Well, there's Thank a you, reason Andre. for it. Yeah, thanks we for are hel- honored. Thanks to for have helping, you in Michael. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Hey guys, before you go, let me know on my latest Instagram at The Skinny Confidential who you want to see next on the podcast. We are constantly keeping track of who you guys want to see on the podcast. It's very important to us. And if you give us your recommendation, someone from the team will drop into your inbox and send a bunch of you Skinny Confidential pens. They're so cute. I have 10 on my desk. They're pink. They're cheeky, of course. And with that, make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. 